Monica, I'm so sorry. I have to apologize at the beginning of our show to you. I didn't get you flowers. You know why? Why? We're not together. What? But <laughs> everybody not- totally thinks that we're together. We're like, we're like Nelica, Monison. Like people talk about us all the time. Like we're a couple. No flowers. You suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. No flowers. No. Hey, listeners. Welcome to Seattle Foodie Podcast. <laughs> um, for those that you guys don't know, we are, Monica and I are not together. <laughs> Otherwise... Like- since since I'm recording on the east side and you're recording in North Seattle, you must have like a really, really understandable relationship. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think maybe we should redo like our intro to the show and like lead in with Monica and Nelson are not a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because it's Valentine's week and there are a lot of couples all over Seattle. And this is going to be a fun episode because <clears throat> men... At the end, we have a Valentine's gift buying guide for everyone, not just men in general, but for everyone. Um, Let's start off with a quick recap. Monica, what did we do this week? Oh, so much, so much, so much. Let's start off with uh, Lil Woody's Burger Month. And so Seattle Burger Month has kicked off and we just we're getting ready to head into week two, but we're still on week one. Basically, it's four burgers, four chefs, four weeks. And on February 5th, Lil Woody's began by selling the first burger by Chef Stuart Lane of Spinazzi and Artuzzi. It's called the Italian Job, and it's made with Artuzzi meatballs, provolone, arugula, tomato sauce, garlic aioli, and all in a Grand Central Bakery ciabatta bun. So we both tried it out. What do you think, Nelson? Oh, you know me. I love any type of meatball sandwich or burger <laughs> since it's Little Woody's. Really good meatballs. They're really tender and juicy. Everything just goes well. It's 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 a really well done meatball sandwich. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Really moist meatballs. I mean, I think it's really hard to eat a dry sandwich. And so it's really nice to have ingredients that are juicy and moist and all fit together. Um, so folks, if you buy all four burgers, you can get a limited edition burger month denim lunch bag with leather straps. Don't forget your stamp card to track your progress. And Burger Month runs through March 1st. And so next week, who are we waiting for next week, Nelson? Next week is the Kamenegi Burger. That starts next Tuesday. So it's by Chef Matsuko Soma. The Kamenegi Burger's got seared duck chicken patty, a duck egg, arugula, yuzu kupai mayo, and a charcoal black bun. Monica, are you all about those charcoal buns? I'm all about the charcoal buns, but uh, more so I love a uh, mayo just because it's, you know, Japanese mayonnaise. You guys have until Monday to get the Stuart Lane Italian job and then they move over the Kamenagi burger. Make sure you get those stamps. Monica, that was just one thing we did. What about a trip to Vaughn's 1000 Spirits? That was that was pretty fantastic. So, I mean, first of all, if you're looking for cocktails, this is a place for you because they craft spirits in-house. Everything from their own tequila to juniper gin, vodka, and whiskey. And um, the drink that I had was the perfect smoked Manhattan, and it was really strong and smoky. Yeah, I couldn't finish that. It was... Uh... It was strong for sure. And uh, your drink, Nelson, I think suited you perfectly. It was called the Magic Mai Tai. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about that? Oh, it brought me back to when I was in Disney World because they brought me this colorful cube that changes colors every time. It's, you know, you know those those uh, nostalgic cubes that just kind of changes multiple colors every time, just flashing and flashing. My Magic Mai Tai had so many different rums and different alcohols in it. 
And with the pineapple juice, it was juicy and fruity. And you know me about light fruity drinks. Like I'm all about, <laughs> I'm all about, I'm all about the different pineapple juices and all the different fruit juices. So that, that was probably, it was perfect. A little bit hard to shoot because that flashing light, yeah. flashing colored light bulb was like flashing all over, but it was still pretty fun. That was probably a fitting drink for me. I think that it was too. And guys, if you don't watch our Instagram stories, you really should because my latest thing is trying to fit proper music to some of the videos. So I think with that particular drink, I did the B-52's Love Shack and I thought it was hilarious and perfectly fits you, Nelson. Um, what do you think about the food? I thought the food was great. You know what really surprised me was that Seattle sea stew that we had. It had manila mm. clams, cod, salmon, all in this tomato base. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. And I even love the sourdough bread slash giant crouton that came with it. I mean, it just, you just soaked all that bread into the, into the broth and it was perfect. And I, I was really surprised that Vaughn's had something like that, but I shouldn't have been because it's so close to Pike Place Market and mm -hmm. there's so much seafood abound. But mm -hmm. usually when I go to, when I hear Vaughn's, I hear like great burgers and their flatbreads, which we also had, which was the hot fennel sausage and black garlic ricotta white pizza. Amazing. You should order that. But um, that Seattle sea stew just kind of blew me away. How about you? Um, I agree. I mean, that Seattle stew, what's important to know, folks, is that's made to order. And the thing about Vons is that much of the time they're scratch kitchen. So not only do they make their bread 100%, so their bread for their brioche hamburg buns, sourdough pasta, pasta and pizza, um, but like Nelson was saying, they're next to Pike Place Market. So a lot of their products are sourced from the market folks. And so it's, it's as fresh as can be. For me, you know, I'm a chicken wing person. And so I never really know what to expect when we order wings someplace. And really what I liked about these wings is that they were just a little spicy. They were well seasoned and they served them with a, a butter house made buttermilk ranch that was really mild and sort of tempered everything. And so it was, it was a nice solid wing for sure. And uh, we also had the Vaughn signature salad, which I love the freshness of it, especially in the winter, had Yakima apples and brown sugared walnuts and organic Rogue River blue cheese, Desert King Fings, romaine and balsamic vinaigrette. Now, I will say I am not a blue cheese fan. And that was the one reason that I kind of didn't want to try that salad. But that blue cheese was not as strong or as potent as others. And I really thought fit well with the other, other ingredients, as opposed to like overwhelming them. Oh, yeah, that was one of my favorite salads. Mm -hmm. It was so good. It was and I really like that they use local ingredients. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned Yakima apples and organic Rogue River mm -hmm. blue cheese. Mm -hmm. I really that that's a nice that's always a nice added touch when you're mm -hmm. able to use local ingredients into your salads. So overall, I, I had a great time at Vaughn's. It was a lot of fun. That damn wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that wheel. <laughs> Vaughn's has this drink wheel and I was like, why do they keep freaking spinning it? <laughs> and I didn't realize that they have drink cocktail specials, specials yeah. drink specials every yeah. hour. Right. Yeah. And every half and hour, people, I think yeah. every half, I guess it was every half hour because mm -hmm. they kept spinning. And I was like, mm -hmm. and I thought there's like these damn millennials sitting above <laughs> the wheels. Like, why are you spinning the, stop spinning the wheel. And I didn't realize that we had been eating there for such a long time that they spun it like 
four times because we were there for two hours eating, eating our meal. Uh, they spun it like 13 times. <laughs> so they were getting a little carried away at that table. So, um, so yeah, for sure, you guys. And those specials are for everybody who's in the restaurant. So not just for the folks who are spinning it. And they will announce it over the speaker. And so, for example, it might take a $12 drink and bring it down to like a Moscow mule for like $6. Um, yeah. That's just an example of some of the drinks during happy hour to spin that wheel. But it wasn't just happy. I think they continued doing it oh, really? throughout the yeah, they continued through throughout the night. So definitely go down to Vaughn's and get mm-hmm. some get some drink specials. For sure, but for sure. Overall, I, I will be back. Those flatbreads were really good. I could eat those for for days and days. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. So aside from that, we kind of had a whirlwind tour on Thursday. So Nelson, who did we see on Thursday and what did we do? Oh, we had a bunch of meetups and we, Monica, got to meet several foodie friends and just got to sit down and chat with them and hang out. And we got mm-hmm. to meet with some old friends too. Mm-hmm. I just want to let listeners know, if you guys want to meet up, let, let us know. We love hanging out with you guys and hanging out with our listeners. And if you're a foodie, just we just love like having a coffee or just grabbing some pastries. Monica, you got to meet up with Sam Manila. Mm-hmm. Then we went to 85 Degrees and met up with What Jesse Eats. <laughs> you crashed and- that one though. <laughs> Oh, I crashed it. Yeah, I did. I I was gonna get bubble tea and just work on stuff, but I just I just mm-hmm. wanted to stop by and say hi, and then all of a sudden I, we hung out for an hour. <laughs> our good friend, our good friend Trong Win invited us to Crawfish King, and then we ended the night having dinner at Karage Setsuna with Jan Parker Cookery. So shout out to all of them. It was so much fun. We, I mean, we just, that was all in one day. I can't believe we did all that in one day. There I know. So many people we met. And didn't you meet up with Fork Deep earlier that day too? Oh man, I totally forgot. We went yeah. and got the little Woody's burgers with yeah. deep too. Oh man, yeah. What a what a day <laughs> meeting hanging out with all foodie friends. It's crazy. <laughs> Definitely. Well, that was pretty much our recap. We've got so much more to go. So let's talk about upcoming events. Monica, I've got one for Elysian. Mm-hmm. You wanna know more about it? Yes, I do. When they have an event, it's normally that they're Elysian breweries. Either it's in Georgetown or the one on Capitol Hill or down by Safeco Field. This one, you want to come join Elysian at the Triple Door on February 13th from 4 to 8 p.m. as they introduce their newest Manic series release, the Raspy Whisper Chocolate Raspberry Ghost. Monica, we've had the Raspy Whisper before. Not the special one, but mm-hmm. we've had the Raspy Whisper Sour. What do you mm-hmm. think? I love sour beer. There cannot be enough sour beer in this world. It's just one of my favorites from Elysian, and I'm always looking for it at other breweries. Me too. I love fruit beers. Again, me with the light drinks. The fruit <laughs> beers. <laughs> so at this event, at the Triple Door, there will be live music, a photo booth, an extended happy hour from 4 to 7 p.m. F- featuring four Elysian beers on tap. If you're one of the first 50 people that come through the door, Monica, you're going to receive a swag bag full of Elysian and Triple Door merchandise. Oh my gosh, free stuff. We love free stuff, you free guys. Stuff. We love free, free stuff. stuff. <laughs> Does that mean I have to wait in line again well, for you, you? you? Yeah, you can. I'll meet you there after work. Okay. <laughs> so hang out there, guys. Happy hour, four beers on tap. And then, of course, they have the Whisper Chocolate Raspberry Ghost. That sounds so good. It the does. Chocolate and raspberry. In addition to that, at the Triple Door, you can also stay afterwards for the Atomic Bombshells in J'adore, a burlesque valentine in the Triple Door's main theater. And you can purchase those tickets at tickets.tripledoor.net. After you hang out at happy hour, you can also catch the main show too as well. Sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. 
Yeah. Monica, what about you? What do you got on tap to start off? We got on tap to start off. On Saturday, February 16th from 3 to 10 p.m., the Seattle Winter Night Market is going to be at Magnuson Park's Hangar 30. And so it's indoors, you guys. You don't have to be outside in this weather. We're still probably going to have snow on the ground. Uh, Admission is $3 per person or $5 for two people, and that goes to charity. So the last organization, I believe, was Solid Ground that it went to. But so just so you know, it always goes to charities, not going to the organizers. Uh, this event is organized by Northwest Marketplaces, and this is something they've been doing for 29 years, places like Fremont Sunday Market and the newer South Lake Union uh, Saturday Market. The whole lineup hasn't been announced yet, but they're going to have food trucks like Soul Bowl and food vendors like Glow Tea. So Nelson, you should totally be interested in those light bulb bubble tea bottles with uh, the glowy lights. So that's something you can look forward to. Monica, I already beat you to it. I did that earlier in the South Lake Union market in the summertime. <laughs> I already got the glow tea. Yeah, right. I'm ready to bring my I'm ready to bring my light bulb back to get a refill. Refill, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, for crafts, they're going to be locally made scarves, hats, and Pacific Northwest inspired T-shirts and more. And so this isn't just about food. There are local crafts, and again, hyper local. So these are these are actual makers. And so um, it's it's a great time. Um, it's a great way to spend winter and to see some of the goods without having to get outside in snowpocalypse yeah that sounds fun and it is covered correct so it's at the at the magnuson park yeah it's in the it's in the hangar 30 so it's that old airplane hangar so it is indoors and it's heated and there are bathrooms no excuses guys it's indoors so if you want to get there stay warm perfect all right monica one last event i want to tell everyone about before we head into our holiday gift guide for valentine's day bookstar Bar barn cafe is doing their build your own brunch party at buffet again if you missed that one back in september that we went to last year monica good news it's back oh, awesome on sunday february 17th they'll be having their build your own brunch buffet featuring a build your own bloody mary and mimosa bars as mm. for food Monica, you remember last time they had a delicious spread. They had chicken and waffle skewers, mm -hmm. corned beef hash, vegetable frittata, chilaquiles, and <laughs> so much more. I'm assuming you're probably going to ex expect the same this time around. What do you think? I think yes and no. I mean, I think one of the great things about Bookstore Bar is they were talking about um, seasonal ingredients. And so maybe we can expect to see some of the same, um, but maybe with a little bit of a twist, depending on what's in season right now. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they're probably going to put out some new stuff too. And mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what they have. Man, the Build Your Own Bloody Mary and those that mimosa bar. I mean, there were there were like four different juices. I, I, I could have mm -hmm. just drank the juices and left the mimosas. Or I could have right. left, left the champagne. Or I could have just done all champagne. I don't know. Whatever. You, you That's why just it's called Build Your, your Own. Yeah, you could have had your brunch in the Bloody Mary with all those toppings. It's all like candied bacon and beans and like pearl onions. And didn't they have pickles too? <laughs> they had all kinds yeah, of pickles. stuff. Yeah, pickles. Yeah, but they I had, really like the the, the tomatillo, uh, tomatillo base that I had instead of like regular red um, tomato juice. Um, it had just a different flavor to it that's unique. And so I'm always looking for a, something that's a little bit different. So that was delicious. Yes, very delicious. All right, guys, that was our recap upcoming events now on to the main part of our show it's the valentine's day gift guide for anyone friends significant others if you don't know what you're doing because snowmageddon or snowpocalypse has kind of messed up with your shopping weekend we have some things to kind of help you out as you get into valentine's day this coming thursday monica why don't you start it off for us 
I'm going to start off with one of my favorites. And so if you're looking for a gift um, for someone in your life that loves macarons, um, I highly rec recommend Lady Yum. So Lady Yum is known for those macarons, whether it's their standard or seasonal flavors. And so I love those seasonal flavors because I don't get bored, but then I have my favorites. So my favorite regular flavor is the toffee. And that filling is creamy and buttery, something I can always count on. The macaron itself is crisp on the outside and chewy on the inside. Side. But guys, I'm not recommending Lady Yum for just macarons. It's really one-stop shopping. And so they carry a great selection of gifts like teas, um, shrubs, candles, wine, and really unique greeting cards. And they always have little things like they might have enamel pins or like whatever is local. And they're always supporting local vendors. One of my favorite gifts are candles from Malicious Women, and they're in Lake Stevens. And how they describe themselves is unapologetically sassy, and it's totally my style. And there are sayings on the candles like, don't make me use my mom voice infused with your last warning. And so really sassy stuff, but really kind of cutesy also for Valentine's Day. And so Lady Yum has locations in Kirkland, Denny Triangle, and just last week opened a brand new location in Pioneer Square. Monica, our friend Emerald City Eater turned me on to this <laughs> oh, yeah. macaron from Lady M. It's the unicorn macaron. Yeah. Have you heard of that before? I've oh, heard of that. Man. He likes the shindig too, because that's totally my deal too. He loves the shindig, mm -hmm. but I had the I had the unicorn. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. It's like this white macaron with rainbow sprinkles. Mm -hmm. So good. Does so it have good. flashing lights? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't we, next time when we go to Lady M, we should ask them if they can make the macaron with flashing lights. Then they could rename it, rename it the you, Nelson. Yeah, since you love it so much. <laughs> okay, Nelson, what else you got for Valentine's Day? This one is a food tour in Pie Place Market. Just by saying that, you probably already guessed, it's Savor Seattle Tours. Monica, have you been on a Savor Seattle Tour before? I haven't, but I know a lot of people that have, and I also know a lot of people who are connected to it. A Savor Seattle food tour would be an awesome date day, date day, not date night, because they only do it during the day for you and your significant other. There's several tours to choose from, but their most popular is their signature food tour of Pie Place Market. Mm -hmm. At starting price of $41.99, you'll get to enjoy 14 plus bites and sips throughout the market as you get a behind the scenes look at seven exclusive market vendors. You'll walk through the entire Pike Place Market and learn all about why this is one of the most iconic Seattle locations in Seattle. If you're into sweets, Monica, there's also a chocolate indulgence tour as well. I'm a chocolate yeah. lover. I know you're a chocolate lover, but I have seen the tours around. And if you're lucky, you might get the famous Obelicious Justin Oba. The famous. Giving you the tour. Yes, the famous. The famous Justin Oba. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I've been at the market before and run into Justin giving the tours. And he's just, he's so awesome because like people are so into what he's saying and the way that he's saying it. He means that stuff. And he's so knowledgeable about the market itself. And also he's always kind enough to give me shout outs to the people who are on the tour. So that's kind of <laughs> cool too. <laughs> yeah, he is the legend. He is the legend. Now, Monica, are you if you're not a fan of tours, don't worry because Savor Seattle also has a self-guided wine or food tasting passports mm -hmm. as well. And for the passport, you can tour through the Seattle and Woodenville wineries as you get to select 10 tasting spots out of 25 plus wineries. So at each location, you'll receive usually about six ounces of wine, whether mm -hmm. it's 
a six ounce pour or two, three, three ounce um, pours or whatnot, that you're always going to get about six ounces. There's also a food passport as well that works in a similar fashion. And this is in, instead of the wine being mostly around Woodenville in Seattle, the food passport is going to be around the greater Seattle area. So you can select 10 locations from 20 plus eateries and enjoy what Seattle has to offer. Monica, let me just tell you some of the participating food partners. Tell me. Seattle Fish Guys. Mm-hmm. Marination, Fats Chicken and Waffles, mm-hmm. Emerald City Fish and Chips, which is probably in my top three of fish and chips around Seattle. Absolutely. Yeah. Local 360, Salumi, the famous Salumi, and we'll probably mention them later, Franz Chocolates. Mm-hmm. Monica, what do you think of that lineup? I think that lineup sounds amazing because there's a nice balance of like some fresh seafood options and also some soul food options and Korean fusion. I just think that if you're visiting Seattle or even someone in Seattle that hasn't explored a bit, like it's got a really nice balance of different kinds of food for you. Also, just to let everyone know, the wine passport and the food passport, you don't have to do all 10 places in one day. What? I can do it. That's a lot. I can do it. I'm in it to win it. All right. 60 60 ounces of wine in one day. Okay. That's that's all you. No, this thing expires one year from when you activate it. Oh, wow. That's that's kind of the cool thing. Yeah. That's a long time. And so that sounds like a really great value if you get to spread it out over a year. But Mm -hmm. I'm totally saying I can do 10 food places in a day. That's no problem. That's a lot of driving from going to place to place because you got to go from Central City, then all of a sudden you have to go down to Georgetown and then you mm-hmm. want to go back up. So it's good that, that you can spread it around yeah. and just kind of take your leisurely time. For sure. What else you got for us for these lovely gifts? Let's see. The next gift on my list is from Bell's Pastries. Pastry chef Jasmine Bell Smith, because she was recently married, I think last year. Yeah, she's the Food Network Season 3 Halloween Baking Champion and the Chop Desserts finalist. We're totally a fan of her work, and she is always baking up a storm. So late last year, she collaborated with Pike Brewing, remember, at the 29th anniversary, and she made those cupcakes infused with their beer. That was really delicious, right? Yes, yes. How could I forget? I know. I loved it. In terms of gifts for your Valentine, I recommend checking out, uh, she has this monthly macaron club. And so you can uh, basically sign up for it and it showcases 12 assorted macarons that's delivered to your doorstep. Sign up for those soon because very often they sell out. But if macarons delivered to your door isn't your thing, Jasmine also has a really wide array of classes. And so she has group classes for baking macarons and other treats. That usually sells out as well. And they average about $100, um, depending on what's cooking. But some recent examples are uh, cake decorating and galette making. And uh, Jasmine also offers private lessons for those who are interested. And so I just think she's a really great chef. And she's so sweet and makes really, really awesome food. I was just on their website to check to see what classes are available Mm -hmm. she's sold out all through february so oh my gosh unfortunately you were not going to be able to book a valentine's day class however the march classes are currently available right now so you can go up and sign for the march ones Mm -hmm. and i think that'd be a fun date night or just to do a couple's thing i have seen men in the classes in the stories, Mm -hmm. so it's just not all females Mm -hmm. making macarons Mm -hmm. It, it looks like it's a lot of fun it's a great time and you should guys truly check it out. As for the Macaron Club, I've seen crazy flavors they've right? got. I think there was one time they did a theme of all chocolate bars or mm-hmm. all candy. It was, I mean, they're crazy, crazy uh, Macaron flavors. 
Uh, definitely. And so I'm always jealous of them because I get to see them on Instagram. And uh, some of our friends order those all the time. And so it's always like a surprise. It's So it's the anticipation of like, what flavors are there going to be this time? Monica, the reason we did this whole Valentine's gift buying guide is to kind of give everyone some ideas. Valentine's Day is coming up. So it's kind of hard to make restaurant reservations, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And it's not just that, but with Snowpocalypse uh, extending for the next week, I don't know that a lot of people are going to want to go out anyway or make a reservation that they might have to cancel. And so it's just just one of those things, you know, um, not just being busy with Valentine's, but also just the unfortunate weather we're having. One of the things that I want to tell people is that there are some cook at home options. I'm going to give you later on another option that you can go out and eat at. It's kind of a fun thing to do down on the pier. But one of the things I like to tell people is that one of my good friend's yearly traditions with his wife is to go to a nice steakhouse in Seattle, as I mentioned, for Valentine's Day. But it's really hard because my friend books these steakhouse reservations because he knows it's on Valentine's Day months and months in advance, mm -hmm. probably like November of the, the year prior. Wow. And so time starts to fill up. Instead, I'm going to recommend checking out some of Seattle's better butcher shops and cooking mm -hmm. a nice steak dinner together at home. Nice. Maybe like a nice bed of polenta and then you have some nice steak on there. I personally love going to the Swinery in West Seattle. Rain Shadow Meats at Melrose Market is also mm -hmm. another good place mm -hmm. on Capitol Hill. And my personal favorite, because I live in Issaquah, Fisher Meats in downtown Issaquah. Mm -hmm. Or you can also go to the Butcher's Table at Denny Triangle because yes. Butcher's Table is it's, it's a fairly new place to to buy your meats and not a lot of people know about it because mm -hmm. they everybody when they when they think about Butcher's Table it's like oh it's a beautiful restaurant mm -hmm. and they serve really great food but they actually have a place that serves meat too as mm -hmm. well. Yep. So at the Butcher's Table specifically you can purchase Mishima Reserve Wagyu beef and mm -hmm. all the Mishima Reserve beef comes from full blood black Wagyu bulls crossed predominantly with Angus cows. Mm. So very, very high quality beef. I've seen people cook Mishima Wagyu beef before. It's got great marbling. It's really high quality if you want to do a, a high quality steak night that's similar to a premium steakhouse. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Now, Monica, I know if you and your significant other are not red meat consumers, that's okay. One of the things that our friend Jan Parker of Jan Parker Cookery also recommends going to Pike Place Market, or you can go to your local seafood market as well and purchase some nice seafood, like nice shrimp or mm -hmm. salmon, of course. I've seen really, really beautiful halibut cheeks recently. Mm. There's a wide array scallops. There's a, there's a wide array of seafood that you can purchase and do a seafood night too as well for Valentine's Day. Wow, that all sounds delicious. I'm just thinking we could do both meat and seafood because just a little surf and turf for Valentine's Day. Oh, a little Day surf sounds, and turf? Yep, yeah. sounds amazing. All right, Nelson, what else do you got? What else you got? Now, as I mentioned, you can cook at home, but there is actually a place that you can do, you can make a reservation for Valentine's Day and that is by the Great Wheel. Miner's Landing at Pier 57 is home to the Seattle Great Wheel and many dining experiences. And Monica, at the Fisherman's Restaurant and Bar, Chef Nick Novello is offering a prefix Valentine's Day menu from February 14th to the 17th for $45 per person. So hmm. if you can't do it on Valentine's Day, you have till the 17th to do it as well. Some of the items on the menu include, for appetizers, freshly shucked local oysters with grapefruit mignonet and goat cheese beet tartan to choose from. For entrees, there's pine nut and walnut crusted Pacific cod, or you can also get classically grilled steelhead or braised tomato shrimp brodo and ricotta dumplings. Mm. And finally for dessert, vanilla braised pineapple. Man, I have never seen anyone do pineapple. That's, that's cool. 
Yeah, that, that purple carrot cool. cake or chocolate pot de creme. Mm. Three course prefix meal, $45. Looks <clears throat> fancy. Perfect. And also, Monica, because it is right by the Great Wheel, as a special promotion on Valentine's Day only. This is for just Valentine's Day only. You can book a private gondola on the Great Wheel and receive two glasses of sparkling wine for the ride, <laughs> as well as commemorative photo for $59.95. <laughs> Monica, I think I know what we're doing for Valentine's Day. Let's do it. Let's do it, Nelson. <laughs> if we're hypothetically a couple, I am taking you to the Great Wheel. I know. I know you are a lover of heights. I am so terrified of heights. And I'm almost <laughs> kind of disappointed that it says it would be like a private gondola. I kind of almost want to be freaking out in front of like strangers that I don't know while you're just laughing and taking pictures of me <laughs> drinking your champagne. All right. <laughs> All right. I won't push you to that. I love the Ferris wheel. I've been the great wheel, I think three times already. And I still love it. It's, it's so much fun. I love taking my camera and shoot, taking great shots up there. If you have a significant other, the Great Wheel would be, I think it would be a romantic time in daytime or nighttime on, on Valentine's Day. Yeah, what do you I think? think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Because during the daytime, you just have beautiful views of the sound and it's so picturesque. And at night you have the lights and it's just, you know, a little more uh, romantic, um, but both both fairly cozy. When I was back in the day, I used to think, oh, man, this is such a it's such a tourist thing to do. But when I took my friends up there, I was like, wow, this is actually kind of fun. I'm glad they, I'm glad we have that in, in Seattle. <laughs> OK, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got one more hey, Valentine's thing. Do we have time? Perfect. Yeah. Yes, of course we have time. And Monica, this one, this next one you're about to talk about. It just because of the snowpocalypse, I'm like craving ice cream. So go, go at it. <laughs> All right. So on Thursday, February 14th, and that's Valentine's Day, from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., Sweet Alchemy is hosting a Galentine's or Palentine's Day celebration at their location in the U District. In case you haven't been there, that's at 4301 University Way. You'll get a free pink cone with purchase. And don't forget to enter to win a box of creme brulee macarons. They also have a selfie station with props and Nelson and I love those and we're always looking hey you guys if you guys want us to come somewhere just have like a photo booth or like a selfie station with props and we're totally <laughs> yeah. there like if you if you're trying to figure out how to get us someplace like yeah some food and some drink that's cool but that that photo booth will always get us there <laughs> yeah we love putting on the fedoras yeah. and, and the big giant sunglasses those for are sure. our favorites for sure um so their Galentine's Day flavors are raspberry rose Orange Blossom, which is vegan, and chocolate wine. And so those are three special flavors that they're coming up for Galentine's Day. I'm so excited because of the pink cones. <laughs> I think they would just I think they would just shoot really well with the if you take it outside <laughs> and just it looks pretty. I love I love the colors that pop. So. Totally. I'm you know what I'm going to look for? I'm going to look for um, like flashing lights that we can carry with us portably so I can decorate your stuff. So it's always like <laughs> it's always like ready to go because I think that would be perfect. Like if you had that pink cone with like, you know, those little tiny Christmas tree lights that you put on the tiny desk Christmas trees like that would be yeah. so adorable. Oh, Monica, you and those damn lights. Right. Yeah, me and the damn lights. <laughs> Whatever, Nelson. <laughs> so creme brulee macarons. I mm -hmm. mean, are they? Do they blow torch them before they hand them to you? I mean, you know, how does how does that work? You know, usually people don't when they, when it's macarons. They're usually like torched ahead of time, just with a little bit of uh, sugar on top. Um, I figured, but it yeah. it'd be kind of fun for the the whole entertainment aspect of it. Oh well, if you want me to torch things, I got a torch. <laughs> Let me know. I'll start carrying that too. Oh, okay, sounds good. <laughs> All, right. All right. 
Now, Monica, you can't have Valentine's Day without chocolates. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. I even love all these chocolates. So tell us about some of these chocolates that, that you really like. All right. That you should purchase for Valentine's Day. For sure. So I'm a fan of giving thoughtfully curated chocolates for Valentine's Day. So there's nothing wrong with going to your grocery store and just buying like whatever. I just think like like knowing the person that you're buying for and their taste, like whether it's dark chocolate or milk chocolate, things like that, nuts or chews, like that's really important. So I'm a chocolate lover. I prefer to get chocolate than cut flowers for Valentine's Day. Um, and I'm going to give you some of my favorite chocolates just to get you started. So Franz, you've heard Nelson and I talk about Franz, and there is a very good reason. It's one of my all-time favorites, and both Nelson and I are fans of the gold bars. Which one do you like, Nelson? Monica, it's got to be the coconut Mm. gold bars. Uh, I mean, salt and straw right now, we'll talk about that. They have the almond gold bar Mm -hmm. ice cream right now, but the coconut is always my favorite, and I always get some in the holiday season. So yeah, that's that's my number one. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the macadamia nut because, you know, I'm from Hawaii. I love macadamia nuts. They're super fatty and oily. Um, and like you said, you can also get almonds. So almond, macadamia nut, and coconut. And the gold bars are one of those things that you can find in some grocery stores and pharmacies. Just be on the lookout for them. You can also find Fran's salted caramels pretty easily in the same places. But my picks out of the case from Fran's, for those, it's the milk chocolate ta de noix and the orange confit. So the ta de noix, it's organic roasted macadamia nuts, again, soft butter caramel and milk chocolate. And it's just dreamy. And, you know, sometimes you don't need a huge bar of chocolate. You just need a really good bite. And that's exactly what it is. The orange confit is candied orange peels dipped in dark chocolate. So for me, I just love those textures and those two flavors together. And so that's mm. my that's sort of my recommendations for Fran. And what about for some other companies that you like if you can't get to a Fran's? If you can't get to a Fran's, we're gonna we're gonna highlight a whole bunch of places around the area. So Seattle Chocolate, that's a great local company. And I love that they do things seasonally, whether it's Christmas or Easter or Valentine's. Above all, their San Juan Sea Salt Truffle Bar is one of my favorites. And so that's something that you can find all the time. Also, you can find those um, often at uh, like pharmacy stores. I love that salt paired with chocolate. And this one always hits the spot. So if you're not sure what your Valentine likes, though, you can just get one of their assorted bag of truffles. So it has multiple different flavors. You don't have to guess. Guaranteed, there's going to be something in there that your Valentine wants. And finally, they offer $10 tours of their factory in Tukwila. So that's another option to, to take a little weekend and, and go down there for a $10 tour to see um, what's going on. And usually when you tour a chocolate factory, you can do some tastings as well. Guys, if you are looking to get some chocolates, Seattle Chocolates has some of the best packaging. So if your mm-hmm. significant other loves how pretty things look in terms of the packaging before mm-hmm. you open up the chocolates, they do some amazing packaging. For sure. Should we cover more chocolate, Nelson? Yeah, let's do a couple more. Okay, a couple more. Chocolate Man uh, stole our hearts at the Northwest Chocolate Festival when we went there. They have beautifully crafted chocolates. So like during football season, you can find Seahawks helmets and logos just uh, sort of molded into chocolate. And during Christmas, you can find trees. And there's always different kinds of stuff like the Star Wars collection, animals, and more. Uh, They also offer chocolate making classes. And they actually have a really good selection of everything you need to make chocolates, everything from the molds to all the ingredients. So if you're thinking about becoming a chocolate maker, that's a great place to get your supplies. And one last one, Monica, tell us about Theo's Chocolate because Mm -hmm. I love doing the chocolate tours out in Fremont. Yes. And they also have amazing tasting classes too. I've done a wine tasting and chocolate class Mm -hmm. there. Tell us a little bit more about Theo's Chocolates. 
Yeah, so um, Theo is near and dear to my heart because I'm what you call a free monster at heart. So I spend an awful lot of time at Fremont <laughs> Sunday Market. And so it's a really great way to make a whole day of it. And they have some really cute shops too. So take it from me, that's a great day. If you're a regular listener, then you know that I am in love with the Big Daddy. And so it's graham cracker crust, which they make, buttery vanilla infused caramel, and there's a fluffy marshmallow and it's all dipped in dark chocolate. And they decorate it with some other Alderwood smoked milk chocolate. And so there's multiple flavor tones going on there. And um, absolutely, they have chocolate making classes for kids and adults. And you can also book that factory tour in Fremont for $10 for a person. It's, it's about an hour and you get to sample a lot of chocolates. So I think that's a wrap on the shopping for a chocoholic segment. Um, Nelson, you have one more thing you want to talk about. Yes, one more thing. Guys and gals, <laughs> <laughs> I think this would be so much fun if you're up in the Capitol Hill area. Salt and straw right now. For dessert, Monica, what do you think of some ice cream? I love ice cream because it's so good for me and yeah. my lactose intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> So whether you're at Ballard or whether you're in Capitol Hill, for the month of February, Salt and Straw are serving up their Chocolatier series featuring five of the top chocolatiers in the city. You can stop by Salt and Straw and sample all five flavors, purchase a tasting flight, get a cone with your significant other, or just bring home some pints and share mm -hmm. at home and just enjoy a pint together. Returning from last year is Fran's Chocolate's Almond Gold Bar and Fresco Chocolate out in Linden's Pure Chocolate Bar. So as I've heard before, they're, they're called the Heritage flavors because mm -hmm. they return from last year. Mm -hmm. But the new flavors, there's three new flavors this year, which includes Intrigue Chocolate Zort in Paradise, Forte Chocolate's Chili and Orange Spice Chocolate, and Theo's Chocolate's Root Beer Barrel Chocolate Sorbet. Mm. Oh man, Root Beer and Sorbet. That's that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't tried them all, but I, I think my favorite so far is the four day chocolate chili and orange spice chocolate. I think I was surprised by how much I like it. And so just those flavors together, a little bit of spice always uh, sort of takes it over the top for me. Oh, when we tried out the pints at Salt and Straw's headquarters was the Zorton Paradise. Mm. I love white chocolate and they mixed it together and that was mm -hmm. really, really good. For sure. Speaking of salt and straw, Monica, how about we get to our next guest? Yes, let's do that. Perfect. This week's guest is with Tyler Malik. Tyler is one of the dynamic duels behind salt and straw. He is the head ice cream maker and he oversees all of the unique flavors salt and straw makes. Monica and I both got to sit down with him and we just constantly couldn't get over how passionate he is about making ice cream. Here's our interview with salt and straws, Tyler Malik. <laughs> Hey Seattle, we are at the Salt and Straw headquarters and we are with the head ice cream maker, Tyler Malik. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. Oh no, thank you for having us. Yeah. Monica and I are here and we're so excited. We just finished a factory tour mm -hmm. of everything. I, we love factory tours. We do, we <laughs> yeah. do. And it's our longest uh, Seattle foodie podcast road trip so far in terms of miles traveled. Yes, miles traveled. <laughs> oh yeah, this is far. We're like, but we always consider ourselves like a little Seattle. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, so worth it. Mm -hmm. So obviously we have, you guys have two locations in Ballard and in Capitol Hill mm -hmm. that just opened up last year yeah wow, so excited to start off can you tell us how did salt and straw originate tell us a little bit about the background story yeah well kim my cousin and i started the company in 2011 and it was actually crazy we both moved down from the seattle area yeah. to portland at the same time in 2011 and started working together we kind of had this vision for starting an ice cream shop in Portland that kind of had this um, sense of place and be, uh, that could be almost a community gathering place for people to come in and meet their neighbor and learn about um, 
the chocolate that was made, being made down the road or learning about the strawberries that are being grown at this very beautiful farm on, on Savi Island. Just all these different story elements we thought we could kind of um, compact and tell in individual scoops of ice cream. And when we first started making ice cream, we started as a push cart with the lofty goal of opening one shop. Soon that kind of grew. We had this, uh, this other space and on Northwest 23rd in Portland opened up and it was just the most beautiful space. It used to be um, this amazing coffee shop. And we wanted to kind of open there because we thought like, wow, the sense of place, the sense of like changing a neighborhood with an ice cream shop, if we're ever gonna do that, it should be here. This is the spot for it. That kind of kicked off this idea of growing our company and um, this idea that we kind of slowly evolved into having around ice cream and that we could basically use our ice cream as a pedestal, as a, as a way to reflect back the city on itself. When we started thinking about growing outside of Portland, that was probably the most nerve-wracking decision or thought out of our, to ever like hit us. Um, we still had two ice cream shops and we thought, if we're ever gonna grow this, we need to figure out what's the whole point of growing. Uh, and what Kim and I thought was like, what was really cool about Portland and about our ice cream shop in Portland is that we were, I think, uh, we were able to like, be a place to showcase the city. And we thought like, what if we went into a different city? Could we still do that same ethos? Would people care? Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, we were visiting LA a lot. I have family down there. We were invited by one of our really close friends to sell pints at her shop. And um, so we started going down there and we started visiting the farmer's markets and we started meeting with you know these world famous chefs and started talking. and realizing there's, it's a completely different culture from a food perspective, but there's, at, at its core, there's an appreciation for the food around you. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's what kicked off this idea, like could we actually do Salt and Straw Los Angeles? And could we do a Salt and Straw Seattle? And could we do you know, a Salt and Straw San Francisco? If we did it, could it be its own living organism? Could it mm -hmm. basically have its own menu, have its own life to it? And that's what we did. Uh, we've, this is eight years later, and we're here, and you know, you're here in our kitchen. We make pretty much everything here in Portland, but at the same time, when you go in and you visit the shop, you're going to have this sense of this sense of wonderment, and you get to learn about the different ingredients in Seattle or different ingredients in Portland, and yeah. kind of taste through the city. You have such a huge fanfare because I remember before you opened the shops in Seattle, you had these pop-ups at the Whole Foods, mm -hmm. and I believe the one in South Lake Union. Mm -hmm. And I, I got so excited because <laughs> no one salt and straw in Seattle. There was by the time I got to Whole Foods, there was a huge line already oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> waiting to get your ice cream. Yeah. So, like I said, big fans. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot you. of people in Seattle that love That's it. That's cool. Let's talk about the limited edition monthly flavors, especially yeah, for. Yeah. For Seattle, when did the idea come up with those monthly flavors, mm -hmm. and how do you come up with those different themes, especially the Seattle themes? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. I mean, for me, I loved this idea of our ice cream shop being almost like this, um, an evolving uh, story. Um, I almost treat like I want I want this to be like a tour guide of the city. I love you know some of my favorite. Um, periodicals would be like Edible Seattle. I just like, you know, through my formative years, I would mm -hmm. just 
scour through those um, or, you know, food and wine magazine, things like that. And I love this idea of like having one theme and just telling, you know, this in-depth story, kind of a case study of it. So what we do is when you come into a salt and straw, every four weeks we change the menu. It's a hard start and a hard stop. And that means um, first Friday we're going to launch new flavors and we're going to like tell this really cohesive, fun story. So in February, for example, every February we tell stories about different chocolatiers in the city. I like to kind of take a tour of the um, of, of Washington through the eyes of chocolatiers and chocolate makers. And what's cool about that is in, in Washington, there are such unique storylines mm -hmm. in chocolate making and chocolatiers. I think um, when you think about, you know, Theo in particular came in and they were one of the first in the country to tell, you know, actually tell the story of the farmer and kind of bring light onto um, what good sourcing practices can do in this world. And meanwhile, you go up somewhere like Fresco up in Linden. I don't know if you've been to, if you've met him. He's like, no. um, it's mind-blowing. He's like, he also, uh, you know, well, he makes his own chocolate. He focuses mm -hmm. on the farmers, but in a completely different aspect. He actually tells you about the story of, you know, what um, roasting beans for plus or minus 10 minutes does or what, you know, uh, stone grinding them for plus or minus two days does you know like it's just like this crazy case study on individual beans and so it's cool that we can take our ice cream which is just so like just cream and sugar and use that as like this foundation to tell all these this diverse stories in one scoop you know yeah i'm excited for the new flavors because you have two that are this that remain this mm -hmm. from last year which was the franz almond gold bar mm -hmm. yeah and I, everybody knows monica and i we love franz and i love the almond gold bar yeah. so i'm I was so excited last year when i had mm -hmm. a chance to try that and also you have the um the fresco's pure chocolate bar which was right. from last year as well but you have two new flavors from mm -hmm. theo's as well as Fort, forte's chili and, and orange spice chocolate. The third one with intrigue too. And intrigue as well. Aaron yes, I forgot like, that one yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So I have to tell you, when I first started, I actually got to meet Fran. Mm -hmm. and, you know, her and her family run the business. Yep. And they've got their new kitchen. And I got to go in, talk about like the most heartwarming like meeting in your life. Like being able to meet them and like Fran, who was like one of my heroes mm -hmm. growing up, right? Like <laughs> yes. growing up in the Seattle area, like mm -hmm. you think about artists and food, like she is it, you know? Mm -hmm. She's like, she is what Seattle food is to me, Seattle pastry is. Yeah. And so uh, the cool thing about that flavor, I don't know if you if you remember it from last year, the story goes that she used to make her gold bars mm -hmm. and she used to make like a sheet at a time and hand cut these perfect mm -hmm. you know, rectangles and then she'd be left with all these scraps of gold bars and she'd take it down to a little, choc a little ice cream shop down the road, you know, load it up into a container, drop it off and they'd, take all those scraps and fold it in ice cream. <laughs> and we were like, how cool would it be to take just that, like such like a heartwarming story mm -hmm. and be able to like put our own spin on that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was the, the impetus for that flavor. We didn't do much other than just take her gold bars and just like mash them into ice cream. Yeah. Um, uh, the other flavors, yeah, I mean, it's cool because every person you meet, you know, it's crazy because it's crazy to call this like one chocolate menu because mm -hmm the voices of each of these partners mm -hmm. is so drastically mm -hmm. different. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you, like going into intrigue is, it's like, you can, I'll spend, I spent like three hours there tasting through his different ganaches. <laughs> 
right? And like Aaron is there, like he's like explaining like the history of grains of paradise to me and like we're crushing them up in our mm -hmm. hands and smelling them and mm -hmm. putting the ganache on my mouth and letting it melt over the course of like five minutes for this little piece, of, you know, like quarter size of ganache. And it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that like I, I think it's what I always dreamed of salt and straw being. It's like a place that you can go and just like transport yourself mm -hmm. right yeah um mm -hmm. so the the diversity of these stories is mind-blowing and it's one of the funnest jobs in the world to be able to ca gather those stories and mm -hmm. put them into ice cream i think the storytelling aspect is really interesting so you know every month we have new flavors and i love that um if if listeners know anything about me, I get really bored with just standard menus. <laughs> yeah. And I can love a product so, so much, but you know, I do, I get bored. And so yeah. really having a handful of standards and some new ones every month is perfect for me. Yeah. So thinking about like, you know, for, for, for February, it's pretty clear it's Valentine's, right? right? It's a great time for chocolate. But how do you come up for other themes for, because the storytelling yeah. is a part of it. So there's, you know, there's there's you here today working, and you're really busy. But then there's there needs to be time to like personally connect with mm -hmm. other folks to tell these stories and to have these themes, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know what's crazier is like now that we're you know we're making more ice cream more and more. Like it used to be that I could go to a farm and just be like, hey, can you you know load me up a a flat of mint, and mm -hmm. I want to make a mint ice cream. And now it's like how do we get a pallet of this very precious mint, mm -hmm. you know? And the, it becomes a lot harder. This is mm -hmm. probably one of the scariest things about growing is, mm -hmm. like, how do we maintain that nimble, like, uh, fun, de deep storytelling? Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that, I found, is that we're staying really far in, in advance in our R&D process. Mm -hmm. So we dedicate, um, you know, there's five people on my team that are just constantly working on new flavors. And that means that they're already thinking about what we're going to be making in December because once we lock down, you know, our menu, we need to let our partners know. We need, you know, some of these small artisans need to know six months in advance and start working on building up inventory. You know, like there's farmers need to be planting nine months in advance. So there's a, there's so much thoughtfulness mm -hmm. and like foresight that we now have to have that it's, um, it's becoming like this, this system and um, it's cool because I don't think really any, there's not many companies in the world that, that have systematized that just constant mm -hmm. change. Um, it feels, I mean, we're really creating something from scratch here. For the Seattle Chocolatier series, what, which, which uh, flavors or ingredients mm. were you so excited to play around with? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good For question. For me, I, I, I was excited because when you said when I looked at the Theo's flavor, because the yeah. root beer sorbet, yeah, both those both those two words are my, kind of my favorites when it comes <laughs> to ice cream. Well, but, that one's so. crazy too, right? Because like they make that chocolate bar. I don't know if you've gotten that chocolate bar. Yeah, they sell mm -hmm. it a few different places. Um, and chocolate and root beer it, like didn't make sense in my head at first. And That's then what I was thinking it, too. Like, oh my god, it's so obvious, mm -hmm. right? Like you're just like, why wouldn't chocolate like the dark richness of chocolate with that like you know beautiful spiciness of root beer it's mm -hmm. beautiful yeah oh i don't know if i can pick a favorite you know? i know i know it's kind of hard because mm -hmm. i love like working with karen at forte she's in mount vernon mm -hmm. um just right you know grew up very close to there she is like one of my heroes in life mm -hmm. you know she's i think you go to like 
she's arguably one of the top chocolatiers in the country, and she, if you ever want to learn about how to temper chocolate properly, she'll probably be the teacher, um, depending on, you know, like wherever you're at in this country, you know. Um, she's, she's one of the best, so I think working with her and, like, thinking about figuring out how she integrates flavors and still maintains, like, this insanely high quality is fascinating to me. Um, I love Aaron at Intrigue, again, just, like, the R&D process of, like, meeting him and like talking about flavors with someone that's um, so insanely brave with how he attacks um, pastry flavors and ingredients is um, it's mind-blowing I, I I don't I'm, I'm trying to dodge this question that's okay <laughs> I love all of them <laughs> so one question the difference between a chocolate base and ice cream based ice cream is there are there is there mm. challenges making more chocolate focused oh, yeah because I'm thinking because the reason is I'm referencing the, the fresco pure chocolate bar mm -hmm. like that I mean to me that that just means that's definition of like chocolate chocolate ice mm -hmm. cream so what's the difference in when you're when you're making that in terms everything of, yeah yeah I mean chocolate's crazy it's a crazy ingredient in general I think like uh and first also like there's a huge difference between like using actual like chocolate versus using cocoa powder. Mm -hmm. um, we we had a ton of fun. I think um, we also I think the beauty of chocolate is that you can integrate it in a lot of different textures and elements. So um, throughout the menu, you'll see some of the ingredients will have like a ganache in it or a fudge yep. or a stracciatella or freckles or um, you know it'll be in the base or you know like there's all kinds of different nuances that you can do with one ingredient and each of those forms will actually create a different tasting experience so you know fudge will release chocolate flavor the quickest because it's you know melted in ice cream form mm -hmm. and it's softest warmest um ganache will become the second you know like yep. whereas like stracciatella or chocolate chips will stay like it's like the heart they don't really release mm -hmm. yeah. flavor until mm -hmm. they get stuck in your teeth and it slowly <laughs> melts which sometimes is good usually you know sometimes is bad like mm -hmm. there's it's it's really fun to think about like all those different techniques um mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, I just cool. love your passion. Yeah. I love yeah. your passion for for the yeah. ice cream. Yeah, it's... we have fun with it. It's crazy. You can take one ingredient mm -hmm. and do it fifty billion different ways. You know. So you've talked a little bit about your R and D folks, about five of them, right? So yeah. what's the flavor creating process like? Like how do you, how do these flavors evolve from concept to execution? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the most important part about flavor creation is starting with like what story are we trying to tell and once you figure that out the flavor itself actually is relatively easy if something tastes good or bad that's very anyone can do that but if any to be able to actually like hunt down the best story in the city and like really do an honest like interview of this person learn about like you know um meeting with a chocolatier or a chef or like um you know just like getting to the heart of like what it, what makes how did they design their style of production of um, or their style of flavor combination or their style of plating kind of like you know you guys right like mm -hmm. that's you you start learning so much more and interpreting their voice into a scoop of ice cream all you know like once you get it, it mm -hmm. it's relatively easy mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but it means there's a lot of back and forth we um, bring ice cream there's a lot of ice cream <laughs> you know, swapped back and forth. Um, 
and it's you know we leave a lot of room for that to kind of like evolve mm -hmm. and see and nuance those flavors mm -hmm. speaking of r&d is there an ingredient you haven't used that you're excited to try out this year or or want to want to try to incorporate oh <clears throat> um yeah there's a few <laughs> we're working on like so we're working on a June menu right now, mm -hmm. um, and like we want to figure out how to like celebrate going out and camping and getting outdoors, and so um, we're doing a few like trying to figure out how to maybe work with our team. We're gonna have I think all of our scoopers go out and forage a lot of the ingredients oh, for them. I like it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I used to like I, yeah when I lived in Bellingham went and got a bunch of nettles. But I've never made ice cream out of them. So okay. now I'm like, you yeah. know, I'm like, okay, grown up. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned to, you know, wear gloves. I cannot grow immune to nettles, um, as it turns out. Uh, they're very poisonous and stingy. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, let's try this. Let's figure out how to, like, we're, we're playing with different ways. I think what we're going to end up doing is, like, um, toasting them into, like, uh, nettle chips almost mm -hmm. and, like, um, candy coating them in, like, a butter butter candy butter caramel oh wow um it's amazing might be good it might be bad yeah hey, stay know. tuned yeah. yeah i don't know they don't yeah we have to wait for them to come into in season right so mm -hmm. yeah no that's really exciting i i think one of the things i love most about salt and straw is um i'm a fan of savory flavors right. in ice cream i think anyone can do a chocolate ice cream i think anyone can do lots of things but to actually bring savory elements into a flavor and to have them meld together into one cohesive bite is just amazing to me I'm also lactose intolerant, but I eat your ice cream all the time. <laughs> My listeners oh, know, like, you. I just override <clears throat> that. What are some of your favorite flavors? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I'll... Eight years worth. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. Like, I love that. Um, I love a decent amount of salt in ice mm -hmm. cream. Um, I've got a salty palate, mm -hmm. and I know it. And I just lean into that because I, you know, it's what I make what I like. Um, I think like, you know, we make our salted caramel ice cream where it's a little different from most others. We actually make a salted sweet cream base and then I'll make a really dark burnt caramel and ribbon that in. And I know it sounds so simple, but that's probably, I would venture to say that's the one I eat the most. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the one mm -hmm. I eat the most. Because I think like salt does so much for food. And it almost brings out, um, I think, uh, when you have a really, really great dairy, um, that salt just amplifies the mm -hmm. milk flavor, and it just kind of, like, sings to me. Um, and when you burn caramel really dark and you get the bitterness mm -hmm. bouncing off that salty, yeah. sweet, and bitter, um, it's it's the perfect. I remember when I was in culinary school, we one of my teachers said, like, everyone thinks uh, salty and sweet is the best co flavor combination. They're wrong. I was like, and because salty, sweet, and bitter mm -hmm. is where, you know, that is the perfect trifecta. Mm -hmm. and I think that's what salted caramel does yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, so uh, <clears throat> if you ever get a chance, uh, you know, that's why another trick, I don't know if you, you ever have um, grapefruit with salt and sugar on top of it. No, I haven't had that. No. Uh -huh. Okay. And then if you like grapefruit, sugar, caramelize the sugar, and mm. then salt. I've had that, it's but like not the three, two. The salt actually, like, because... <laughs> Bitter and sweet is good. Mm -hmm. Bitter, salty, and sweet right. is better. Mm. Yeah, know? because uh, going in my science brain here, the same thing is like when you eat a cracker and you let it sit in there and it yeah. melts, it goes from salt, but it, it breaks down into your sugars. So you'll taste the sweetness oh, after that. Cool. Yeah. So that's why mm -hmm. 
um, some of the best stuff is the sugar fat salt. Is yeah. the sugar fat salt combinations, yeah. and that's why people gravitate to that and then mm. and doing that. Yeah, I want crackers now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I still want ice cream. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, I would. Sorry, to, just to add on that, I think we've been having a ton of fun in our kitchen making um, non dairy flavors too. So. Going into 2019, our dream, our goal is to have 20% of our menu at all times be uh, vegan. That's which awesome. Is, which is so cool good. for a lot of reasons, but more than anything, mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously like we 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 want Salt Star to be accessible for mm -hmm. anyone. Mm -hmm. um, but more than that, there's so much, so many avenues with flavors and textures and ingredients that don't require dairy, um, and so we've been having a ton of fun um, combining these different ingredients and playing with some some fun techniques. So Tyler, we have two more questions we'll, okay. we want to get to you. The last question about salt and star ice cream, the Seattle limited edition flavors. Now okay. you've, you've pretty much had the monthly themes and flavors all figured out for 2019. What are you most excited about other than the chocolate series? What other, what other limited mm. edition flavors and themes that you're, you're really excited to let Seattle know about? Oh, I'm working on, so every... Spring, we do a flavor just based off of flowers. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a really, really cool mm -hmm. flavor with um, Urban Family Brewing, oh, where they make wow. um, a magnolia saison based off of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're working with something like that. So we haven't oh. dialed in the recipe yet, but like so far, all the tests have been really, really good. And they, you know, their oh, brewery. I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned. I think that April-ish. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Uh, we this is a food podcast, and so our listeners are really interested in what you're eating. And so restaurants, things that you're cooking, types of cuisine that you're leaning into, um, those are all things that people want to hear about. Okay, we like to know what oh, what the industry people like yeah. to go and eat. Like, what what are your some of your favorite? Oh, that's places? a great question. I'm trying to think of where I was eating last in Seattle. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, every time I'm on Capitol Hill, I definitely go to Mom Noon. Mm -hmm. um, just, like, especially for lunch, it's so satisfying. Been going to, like, well, we're trying to get really, really good at making dumplings, so I've been going to Din Tai Fung a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every That's time, the best like, way to learn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, my wife and I will go home, we're ma we'll make our own dumplings, yeah. and then That's Ethan awesome. will be like, oh, we're getting pretty good, and then we'll go back yeah. to Din Tai Fung, and we're like, oh, no, we're not, not getting quite. that good. <laughs> Um, so, How do I get the soup in there? <laughs> yeah, that's my kind of R&D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's I would great. say those are probably the top yeah. two places in Seattle I've been going lately. <laughs> All right, thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tyler Malik, Salt and Straw. Check out the February Chocolatier Series, Capitol Hill and Ballard. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And that was our interview with Salt and Straw's Tyler Malik. Don't forget, for the whole month of February, you can sample the Chocolatier series at the Capitol Hill and Ballard locations. Monica, do you have any Valentine's Day plans? You know, aside from riding the gondola with you and like hyperventilating into a paper bag, not really. What about you? You got any plans? Monica, I've got huge plans. For the last eight years, it's me and the step mill that's four step mills away from the entrance of 24-Hour Fitness. <laughs> Is that your favorite one? <laughs> yeah, I, I bring roses to it and let them know. And then we spend a good hour on the step mill together. And it's wow. it's it's a it's a wonderful and romantic time together. And then, <laughs> and then sometimes like Rachel Maddow might show up at, mm -hmm. at our at our place because because you know, MSNBC is right in front of me. So. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. That sounds like <laughs> no. a really exciting night, Nelson. <laughs> no, I, I'm usually working out at the gym because everybody else is gone because mm -hmm. they're doing their own thing. So mm -hmm. the gym is probably the best. It's the best time because there's 
me and maybe like 10 other men, single men that are working out. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect for us. Cool. <laughs> well, that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoy the Valentine's Day gift buying guide. And in all seriousness, I hope everyone has a romantic and fun holiday. Also, because we're in Seattle, everybody stay safe from the snow. I think Snowmageddon part two and three are coming up this week too as well. For sure. I mean, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry, guys. And, you know, Valentine's Day is something that's here every year or it can be Valentine's Day every day. And so it's just a day you can pick one. There are other thoughtful ways to figure out how to show your love for someone. So, again, if you have to stay in, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. You can figure out a way to show your love. Happy Singles Awareness Day, everyone. And happy eating, Seattle. 